Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. For the past several weeks, we've been going through the book of Acts, talking about being a witness that Jesus, His words to us were, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And last week, we introduced the concept of who's your one. And if you look at the cross right here, we had a moment at the end of the service where in the seat back in front of you is uh, a card that says who's your one. And on one side, it's like a, a reading guide. And then it's got a perforated edge where you tear off. And we wrote the names of people that we wanted to see come to know Jesus this year. And we were going to be the witness to tell them. And so we put their names on the cross right there. And at the end of the service today, uh, we're still going to allow you that opportunity. There are baskets on either side. You can drop them in. And then we'll put the names on this cross. And then when they receive Christ, we're going to mark it on this cross. And we're super excited about this. This isn't about being a big church. This is about us doing what Jesus asked us to do. It's about us loving lost people and wanting them to know that hope and life change are found through Jesus Christ. And so we're excited about all that's going on with that. And like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of the service. But that whole concept of one, today we're talking about one to many. Because a lot of times when we talk about numbers, people kind of shut down. They get shut down. People are skeptical of big churches, and you start talking about numbers and, and large groups of people coming to faith. Even when we use as, as, as staff, sometimes we'll say there's 90,000 people in Newton County uh, that uh, don't know Jesus Christ. And then you throw in Butts and Jasper and surrounding counties. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable amount of people. Well, people shut down. You can get overwhelmed and think, you know, what's the, how are we going to do this? Uh, um, it's it's enormous task and, and just thinking that it's no big deal. And so what I want to do is I want to look at some businesses that started with one. So this is audience participation. First service was great. I'm sure you're way smarter than they are. So I'm going to give you the name of the company. And then you're going to tell me where the first one store originated. And then... We're going to guess how many stores there are today. So I'll start with the first one, McDonald's. Anybody know where McDonald's originated? San Bernardino, California. Anybody want to take a stab at how many McDonald's there are today? 39,198. Started with one store, one store, 39,000. All right, here's some low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit right here, Chick-fil-A. Hey, Bill. Very good. Anybody ever eat? What's the name of the store there? Anybody ever eat there? You ever eat there? Okay, we got, we got some people. All right. Anybody know how many Chick-fil-A's there are today? 2,672. But started with one store. One store. One store, 2,000. All right. Starbucks. Low-hanging. Seattle. We even got little kids saying it. Seattle. <laughs> I hear you. That's what I used to do in class. I used to echo... G, G, Thomas Jefferson? 
How many Starbucks are there today? Anybody want to guess? 14,781. Started with one. 14,781. Walmart. People guess first service Bentonville, Arkansas. That is where their headquarters is now. But they actually started in Rogers, Arkansas. One store. Anybody know how many Walmarts there are today? Somebody said too many. That's what they said. <laughs> 11,847. Started with one. Started with one. Kroger. Anybody know where Kroger's headquarters is? Where it started? Cincinnati, Cincinnati Ohio. Did start Cincinnati, Ohio. Anybody want to take a guess of how many Kroger's there are? 2,800 Kroger's. Dunkin' Donuts. What'd you say? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's when you start mumbling. Uh, Quincy, Massachusetts. Anybody want to guess how many Dunkin' Donuts are today? Started with one. 11,300. Some low-hanging fruit again. Home Depot. What'd you say? Marietta. Started in Marietta, Georgia. Marietta, Georgia. Anyone want to guess how many Home Depots there are today? Started with one. 2,296. Smoothie King. Anybody been to the new Smoothie King in town? Y'all need to get out some, okay? Anyway, <laughs> that's a great date night. You can get out for like, you know, less than $20. But anyway, um, Smoothie King just came to town. We got one here in Covington. Uh, anybody want to take a guess where they originated? I know you're not going to get it because you don't even know there's one here. So, <laughs> Kenner, Louisiana. Anyone want to take a stab? How many Smoothie Kings there are? You don't know? I'll tell you. All right. 1,195. Last one. My favorite. This is, this is, this is our, our store right here. This is our place. Waffle House. Avondale State. Started in Avondale State. Anybody want to guess how many Waffle Houses there are? 21. An estimated, they didn't have an exact number, an estimated 2,100 Waffle Houses. Started with one. And we are so fortunate. How many do we have in Newton County? Man, we got it. Whenever you go and describe where you live, you say, we got four Waffle Houses within three miles of each other. That's the kind of place I live in. But each one of those, listen, each one of those started with one. Now, I don't know that when Arthur Blank started Home Depot that he envisioned that it would be this, as big as it is. I don't know. Maybe he did. But it started with one, and now it's many. I don't know if Truett Cathy, when he started Chick-fil-A, when he was at the Dwarf House in Hateville, if he had this vision that it was going to be what it is today, over 2,000 stores. I don't know. But it started with one, and it went to many. When we talk about the message of the gospel, that hope and life changer found in Jesus Christ, it started with one, with Jesus, one. Went to His Apostles, there were 12. One of, them, one of them ended up not being so good, so they went down to 11. And now there's millions of people who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. One to many. And you and I are part of that. We're part of that story. We're part of the one to many. Well, instead of... Uh, getting overwhelmed and, and, and thinking about how can this be? I'm just, I, you know, I am who I am. And, and the whole concept of, of millions of people kind of, we just can't wrap our brains around that. What I want to do this week and next week is just give some practical tips on how to share your faith.
How do you do that? How would it go for if you shared your faith with one and they shared their faith with one and they shared their faith with one? It would go from one to many. But how would it go just starting with you? Just starting with you with just starting with me. How does that work? I'm going to look at Acts 16. I'm going to make three really just simple points because uh, I love simple. I do. I love simple. And the first is this. Follow the Holy Spirit. I've said this for several weeks. I almost feel like a broken record. I said it at our, our Dive Deeper, our, our Q&A on uh, Monday night a couple of weeks ago, that when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, when you place your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. Supernaturally, God's Spirit lives inside of you, leading you, nudging you, talking to you teaching you about who Jesus is, confirming the truth of the Scriptures, trying to make you more like Christ. This is what's going on. But sometimes you and I just simply don't follow what He's telling us. We just don't do it. We just don't follow. And so I'm going to walk through what the Holy Spirit, how He works in our life. So let's look at it. Paul and Silas, they're traveling around. Paul has uh, become uh, a follower of Jesus Christ, and he's picked up Sol Silas, a follower of Jesus Christ. And they're going around. They're starting churches. They're telling everybody about Jesus. They are. They're telling the whole world. They're just telling everybody they know, and, and just uh, unbelievable things are happening. The church is growing. But it's this next Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. I've got to stop and take a time out. Can we turn the air on? Are y'all cold? Okay, good. I'm hot. Can, can we bump it down a little bit? Because I'm getting hot. I think it's the Holy Spirit, but we'll see. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're going to find out, aren't we? All right, I'm going to read it again because I got distracted. All right, then. Let's go back to the other one, Jared. Next, Paul and traveled through Phrygia, Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our life is He tells us no. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you like to be told no? Does anybody like that? I don't really like it. Do you? We often, almost always think that God opens doors for us. We don't really look at Him as closed doors. As a matter of fact, we think that closed doors have to be of the enemy a lot of times. But a lot of times, God closes the door. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a good example. I, have, I hear people say this all the time. Sometimes I say, whenever we're going to buy something, we say, God, open the door. You ever, you ever have that happen? Man, God opened the door for me to get that car. God opened the door for us to buy the house. Look, maybe He did. I'm not, but, but, great. Praise God. I'm glad, glad, glad He's blessing you. But very, I don't know if anybody's ever come up to me, and I've been doing ministry for a long time, and said, man, God opened me a door to, to give more money to the church. God opened me a door. I can't give it away fast enough. God's opened this door. We always look at open doors of what we want to do, what benefits us. And nothing wrong with that. But I want you to see is that sometimes when, the, when you're following the lead of the Holy Spirit, He's telling you no. He's telling you no. He's telling you no when it comes to sin issues in your life. Don't do it. Stop. No. You know as well as I. How many of you heard that? I've heard it so many times, and sometimes I've listened, and sometimes I haven't, and every time I haven't, I've regretted it. But that's how He works in life. Sometimes He just simply says no. 
All right, keep the story going. It says, Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the Holy Spirit did not allow them to go there. No. Tell them no. No, no, no. Not going there. Holy Spirit's leading. Now, Paul and Silas are wanting to do the right thing. They're wanting to preach the gospel. They're wanting to go in this place. But they're listening. They could have just plowed their way through. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's what we do sometimes. I'm going to do what I want to do because I'm the boss of my life. I'm the captain of my ship. And I'm going to do it. I know better than God. I know what's best for me. And we'll cast out to our detriment and detriment of the kingdom of God. That's how we do a lot of times. And then we'll look at God and go, why did you allow this to happen in my life? You ever done that? We do this a lot. A lot of times the Holy Spirit just simply says no. And we've got to learn to listen and follow the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just say no. So instead, they went through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. Now, when the Holy Spirit's in your life, it is supernatural. It is supernatural, and that may sound crazy, but supernatural things, if God's not a God who's supernatural, then it's superficial. And if you're not having supernatural things happen in your life from time to time, then something's wrong. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. There will be coincidence happening. There'll be things that line up. Doors will open that you never dreamed, and it'll be the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what will happen in your life. This is a man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him. Come over to Macedonia and help, you, help us. You've heard me say this. There are people that lay their head on their pillow every night and they wonder what... I need help. I need God. I can't figure this out. This went on then and it goes on now. And Paul has a supernatural vision, so they decide to go and leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God had called us to preach the good news there. They hear go. They hear no, and they hear go. They hear no, and they hear go. And God's going to speak to you in the same way through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the answer's no, but sometimes the answer's go. And we have to be in tune to the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, He works in our lives supernaturally like that. I had a friend that he wasn't saved for a long time. His name is Gary Rose. He was a, a tremendous athlete. He was a state champion decathlon and uh, had scholarships. Uh, phenomenal. He's just built and just super fit. But he wasn't a Christ follower. And his dad would witness to him over and over again. And he even talked to him about the Scripture saying that... Uh, Physical fitness is of some good, but spiritual fitness is better. And Gary told me, he said, when my dad would say that, it would make me so mad. Well, Gary's dad died. And Gary said one day he was standing in his backyard. And he heard this voice. It wasn't audible, it was in his mind. But he heard this voice that said, you're never going to be happy until you follow Jesus. He gave his life to Christ that day. His whole life turned around. Supernaturally, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Seeds that were planted before were coming to fruit. Even though his father had passed, the seeds were planted. See, the Holy Spirit works in our life. Telling us no. Telling us go. But we've got to follow the lead of the Spirit. I think about when we started this campus. When we started this campus, we met at the high school, but we couldn't get into the high school. Now, none of the administration that was at the high school when we started are there now, so you don't need to write anybody a letter or anything like that. But we couldn't get in the high school. Every door was no, 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 not right now. 
one day I was sitting in my office, I had an office, the only office I had was over at the East Campus. I was sitting in my office and I thought, I'm going to ride over to Alcove High School. I'm just going to ride over and talk to somebody. Couldn't figure out why we couldn't get in, why the answer was no. The door was shut. So I go in there and I wait in the office. And, and if you know anything about schools, if you don't have an appointment, you're going to have to wait a little bit. And that's fine. I didn't have any problem with it. So I waited and finally I got to talk to the assistant principal there. And I said, hey, I'm from Eastridge. We're wanting to start a campus uh, here and we want to use your facility and everything like that. And I said, shoot straight with me. He said, you want the truth? I said, yeah. He said, schools don't like churches being in a building. He said, they make a mess. They don't clean up. They break stuff. It's constant alarm issues, which I know how that goes because we have alarm issues here. And he said, so, I don't really want y'all here. And I'm, and I'm all the time going, we're not going to be like that. You ever hear that? We're not, just not us. We're, we're, we're the good church. That's the Baptists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're the good ones. And finally, he looks at me and said, you won't be able to use this school until you can get a Newton County employee that'll vouch and be here and take care of all this stuff. Standing in the hallway that day, I didn't know she was going to be there. She didn't work at that school, but she was a Newton County employee. It was Brandon who just did, Brandon did the communion for us. It was his mom. His mom attended the East Campus. She lives right next to the East Campus. She heard our conversation. I didn't know she was there. She, she did the buildings, I mean, she did the buildings and grounds for the school. She did something for that, maintenance or something. She said, I'll be your person. The assistant principal looked at me and said, if you've got Miss Daniel, then you can get in the door. The door opened. Supernatural. Listen, I didn't tell anybody I was going to. I didn't know she was going to be there. I just went down there because I felt the Lord was telling me to go down there. And you could chalk that away and go, that's a great coincidence, Gary. You got lucky and everything. But here's the other thing. You got to, if the Holy Spirit's working in your life, if God's supernatural, then things are going to happen. That things are going to happen to your life. You won't be able to explain them. You'll look back and go, God was leading. He was working. But here's the thing. You and I have got to be obedient. We've got to be obedient. We can't just go do our own thing. We've got to be obedient. When he says no, then the answer is no. Listen to me. And then you've got a sin issue, then it's going to be no. He's going to say, stop doing that. He does this with me. And God, the Holy Spirit's only going to lead you. When he leads you, it's going to be, in, it's going to be congruent and in agreement with God's word. He's never going to tell you to go tell that person off. The Holy Spirit's never going to say, you go tell them off. That's you. You with me? That's your flesh. He's never going to tell you to go, to go have an affair with a married man or married woman. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's you. The answer is sometimes no, 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 no. And we've got to learn to follow the Spirit. But the answer is sometimes go. And we're just as guilty on the go part as we are the no part. That He's calling us to go. Neighbors, friends, co-workers, Family members, tell them about Christ. Go, go, go. And we go, no, no. They probably don't want to listen. We say no for them. We've got to follow the lead of the Spirit. Now, we've written names on the board. Some people that we want to share Christ with. And I pray that you do, but I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit's work is not limited to just those names on that board right there. There are people you're going to come in contact with, that you're going to bump into, that need Jesus Christ. And you've got to be willing to go. Second part is this. Strike up a conversation. Strike up a conversation. We had Hunter Hall here, I can't remember how long ago, and he had these, uh, these words, casual, meaningful conversation. Casual, meaningful conversation. That we are just simply to strike up conversations with people. That's all you have to do. Casual, meaningful conversation. 
that you're going to talk casual, weather, politics, Braves, Falcons got beat again, whatever you want to say. It's always a good lead-in with the Falcons got beat again. Puts everybody on a level playing field. And you're going to start with just casual, meaningful conversation. But you're just talking to somebody, and then you're going to let God do what He does. He's the one that changes people's lives. He's the one that works through us. Look at the Scripture right here. It says, On the Sabbath we went a little way outside the city to the riverbank where we thought the people would be meeting for prayer. Paul and Silas go to where they think the people are. They do. They go. They go. We're going to go. We're just going to go check it out. We're going to go talk to some people. We're going to see what happens. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. She'd worshipped God, but she didn't know about Jesus because Jesus was new. She, she'd never accepted Christ. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart. Listen, we go and we, we yield to the Holy Spirit, follow His leading, and then we strike up conversations, and then God opens the hearts. That's not our job. We don't have to do it. We don't have to be judgmental. We don't have to thump people with the Bible. Sometimes there's a time to share a Bible verse, and you'll know when that time is, but you don't have to do a whole lot. We're called to be witnesses, just telling what we've seen and heard, what God's done in our life. It's a powerful story, and you've got one. As she listened, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she, heard, she urged us till we all agreed. This woman receives Jesus Christ. Just from a casual, meaningful conversation. Same thing can happen with you. Same thing can happen with somebody that you know, somebody that you love. Somebody you come in contact with. And then here's the last one. Live with integrity. This last one's super important because you can follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and you can have conversations. But if you don't have integrity, it'll sabotage the first two. Integrity is who you are when nobody's looking. That's how it's defined by some. Integrity is being honest, having strong moral principles. It means to be incorruptible. The picture of integrity is a picture of strength, like the hull of a ship has integrity. It's strong. The water won't be able to permeate. And I have found that people who don't know Jesus, they're not looking for us to be perfect. But they are looking for integrity. They're looking at us to have integrity even when we have lapses in our integrity. That we were to acknowledge these things. I didn't get this right. People aren't looking at you and I to be perfect. They know that nobody's perfect. But they are looking at us to have integrity. And my fear is that too many times we choose not to live with integrity, myself included. Because if integrity, if integrity is who you are when nobody's looking, a lot of times when nobody's looking, I can choose wrongly. I can choose poorly. The last part, Scripture is, Paul and Silas are preaching. 
They're beaten with rods and they're thrown into prison. And we pick up the story here. It says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, which is unbelievable. I can't even go there. Can you? They've just gotten beaten and I'm thrown in prison. These guys are worshiping God. I don't know. I would love to think I could do that. I don't know if I could, y'all. And other prisoners were listening and saying there's a massive earthquake. It doesn't say that God caused the earthquake. I don't know. It kind of leans that way. And then the prison was shaken to its foundations. And all the doors immediately flew open and the chains flew of every prisoner fell off. Now we would take this as, hey, I'm getting out of here, wouldn't you? God opened the door, didn't he? He opened the door. That's how we look at it. It benefits me. And it's an open door. He opened the door. But Paul had integrity. He chose to stay. He was going to let the court system play out, whatever it played out. He was going to, he was going to do what God had called him to do. So the jailer woke up to see the prison doors open and he assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. And the reason why he did this because he was going to die a cruel death for letting those prisoners escape. In his day, that when you guarded prisoners, it was a life for a life. If they escaped, you paid with your life and it wasn't going to be quick. It was going to be painful. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought, out, brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That integrity had led this man to salvation. That hymns and praising God, but it was the integrity there. But these guys were different. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with everyone else in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before him, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Listen to me. Hear me on this. Follow the Holy Spirit. Strike up conversations. But by all means, to the best of your ability and the best of my ability, let's live with integrity. And what we say and what we do. And if we drop the ball, let's acknowledge it and admit it and say, I messed up. And pick ourselves up. Well, here's how I want to end. Maybe today you weren't here last week. And you didn't get to write a name of a one. And God's been giving you a one. As a matter of fact, if we can get that slide, Jared, of those resources. All the resources for who's your one on the Eastridge app or on the Eastridge webpage. Anything you need. But there are also, there's a card in front of you. There's a prayer guide underneath the seat that for the next 30 days you'll be praying for your one, but maybe God's giving you the name of a one. Somebody that you can share your faith with this year. I'm going to tell them about Christ. Tell them what He's done for me. But maybe today, you've not been following the Holy Spirit. He's been telling you no and you haven't been listening. He's been telling you go and you haven't been listening. I don't know. Or maybe the day you've been living without integrity. Giving the name of Jesus a black eye. Instead of bringing people to Christ, we're pushing them away by the way we live. 
Well, the Bible has a word for what we're supposed to do in moments like this. It's called repent. Repent means that if I'm going this way and God's calling me to go that way, I just turn around. It's time to turn around. It's time for all of us to turn around. And so the, I'd like to close. But if you've got a one, you can come forward and drop it in the basket on either side of the stage. But if God's working in your life today, if He's speaking to you, you've got a decision to make, then the front's an altar. You need prayer. You want to make a commitment. I'll be down front. I'd love to pray with you. Follow the Holy Spirit. Is He speaking to you? Do you hear Him? Are you putting Him? You pushing Him aside? You grieving Him? Quenching Him? His voice in your life? Strike up a conversation. Live with integrity. Let's pray together. Father, so simple. And sometimes we make a mess of it. But you are so good at cleaning up our messes, giving us opportunities to place our faith in you, giving us opportunities to turn back to you, always accepting us with open arms. Lord, I pray for the person here today that is thinking of their one. They've got a one. They've got somebody they're going to share their faith with this year. Lord, I pray for the person here today that's never placed their faith in you, never understood that you love them, that you want to work in their life, that you're opening doors, closing doors. You are leading them to receive you. And today may be the day for them. Lord, I pray for the person or persons here today that not been following your spirit, not living with integrity. And today is just a, a beautiful day that we're going to repent before you. Confessing, picking ourselves up and starting our journey again of following you. So Lord, I pray that you would move in the next minute, next few minutes. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me and sing? If you've got a decision to make, would you make it today? Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you. And you have a family at East Ridge Church.